Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Greg Cosell, the man, the myth, the legend from NFL Films, is in the house. We're talking O-line. The big boys love talking O-line, love talking with Greg Cosell. One of the highlights of my professional week, there is no question, as we're wrapping up the offense with Greg. Get to Greg momentarily. I'll be back bright and early on Monday, and yes, I'll be back from spring break. Hopefully you guys have still enjoyed Honestly, maybe I should go on on family vacations more often because I kind of feel like this has been an epic week of shows. I mean, even money, us hitting the season win totals for the first time this year, and you guys getting the first uh, glance. Steve and I liked a couple unders. Steve and I liked an over. And even if you're not even in the betting in the slightest, we talked about your team. We, we we gave our first glance as to how many games we think your team would win. So this is the week to listen or watch at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, the Even Money Podcast, even if you're not into betting, which is totally fine. You can always check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Hopefully you're seeing some uh, some pictures on Twitter or Instagram of some fun in the sun at Ross Tucker Pod is the handle Twitter, Instagram, Facebook for the network. And, of course, I already mentioned YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Giving out a couple YouTube shout-out winners next week. A couple of Spread the Word winners as well. And a sponsor confirmation email winner if somebody actually sends me one. Really looking forward to being back with you guys next week. Love the fact that you guys, a lot of you, have already listened or watched youtube.com slash Ross the mock draft I did with Emery, Kyle, and Fran. That was so fun. That was live. That was that was wild. Anyway, it's uh Big Show time. It's Greg Coso. The Big Show. All right, Greg, let's dive into the big boys as we wrap up the offensive side of the ball, going through every single position group as we get closer and closer now that we're here in April. 
to the draft later on this month. Of course, check out Greg on social media at Greg Cosell so you can get all of his great content. You know, Greg, I don't know if I've ever asked this before, uh, but I'm just curious. On the spectrum of when you first started 44 years ago, and as you began learning more and more about football and learning how to evaluate certain positions, where where is the O-line fall on that spectrum? I mean, I would think for most people that didn't play it, that O-line and the intricacies of it would be one of the harder positions to learn. I mean, I, I talked, I mean, there's people in the media, Greg, there's people that played skill positions. I'm amazed how little they know about oh. offensive line play. So I guess I'm just curious how you learned about offensive line play. And was it the toughest one for you or one of the toughest ones? I can't believe I've never asked this before. And it may well, that may well be true, Ross, because obviously I just had to learn by talking to people because, you know, you can put tape on and, but if you don't have a foundation for how to go about studying and evaluating a position, it you're just watching plays. Um, most people who do this, I think, can see if a guy is athletic versus not athletic. That's the easy part. Then it gets into the intricacies, the details, the subtleties, the nuances of the position. And I've been fortunate through the years to be able to talk to coaches, go to training camps, and watch offensive line coaches work. Um, so, you know, I, I always feel, though, it's funny you ask me that, I always feel that with offensive linemen, particularly interior offensive linemen, that it's, you know, sometimes I question myself a lot. Now, people tell me I know more than I think I know, and I appreciate that, but I still always feel, Ross, that when I'm watching, you know, offensive linemen that, you know, I'm just not seeing it the way, let's say, an offensive line coach would, you know, a guy who's done it for years. But fortunately, I know some of those guys and and can talk to them about it. You know, two thoughts. Um, One is, in my experience athleticism becomes a little bit overrated. It's such a position. You know, Dante Scarnecchia used to say this. Are they really smart? Are they really tough? Yep. And are they athletic enough? Because so much of that position is, like you said it, the nuance, the subtlety, you know, having a feel for what the defensive player is going to do. You know, I can't tell you, Greg, how many guys I played with that were awesome in one-on-ones, right? Right. They were long arms, really athletic. But then when there was 11 guys on defense and they were moving around, they just couldn't process fast enough. They just couldn't see things fast enough to allow their athleticism to flourish. Whereas a guy like me, who wasn't overly athletic, you know – the coach can kind of coach around that a little bit and I can always play to my help, but you got to know where your help is. You got, you got to know the play and the scheme. It's such a big part of it. Well, and then we'll get to players because we don't want, we could spend 20 minutes talking about this, but I think the initial point you made about athleticism at times being overrated is a great one. And I had to learn that. That took me years to learn because particularly with interior O-linemen, as you know, you played it athleticism, you're working in confined space. Um, So athleticism is not necessarily a big factor. Sometimes it's just about 
competition level. I mean, obviously, coaches always teach technique. That's the that's what they teach. You know, hand placement, foot placement. You know, you know, if you place your foot one way, if it needs to be five inches in a different spot, they'll tell you that, and that's important. But sometimes, on the interior, sometimes you just gotta battle your ass off. You know that, and it, you know it's not a beauty contest in there. You know, you got to get guys blocked, and however you do it, that's how you do it. You know, um, last point I'm going to make about this. There was always a big disconnect, Greg. For every team I was on, I was on five. Between the scouting staff and the coaching staff. The scouting staff always, I I know this because I've talked to people, always looked at me and wanted somebody better. Wanted somebody with longer arms wanted somebody who was more athletic. Coaches just want a guy that gets the job done. They just don't like care how you yeah. do it. They, they just want a guy that's not going to mess up and block the wrong guy. He's always going to block the right guy. He's going to make sure the other guys are blocking the right guy. He's going to get after it, and he's going to get the job done. They don't – I mean, look, they'd rather it be pretty, but they just need a guy that doesn't screw up. Correct. And, and, and it's rarely pretty inside, as you know. There's a lot of bodies in there, and there's a lot of big bodies. Let's, uh, let's dive into the offensive line class this year. Um, it's interesting because there are some really athletically gifted guys, Paris Johnson and Darnell Wright. You're talking about guys with long arms and huge. But it seems like most people, like Peter Skaronsky, from Northwestern, which is interesting because he's not an overwhelming athlete at all, Greg, and he's got shorter arms. Yeah, and I think that's the question people have because, and believe me, I've talked to coaches. Some coaches are pretty strict in their belief about who can play the tackle position and arm length factors in greatly. You know, there are critical factors, parameters that a lot of both scouts and coaches look at and his arm length is only 32 and a quarter. And for a tackle in the NFL, that's viewed as almost prohibitive for a tackle. Now, when I say almost, he will be seen as a tackle by some, and he will be seen by a guard as by others. Um, uh, he's a perfect example of what our conversation was just about. You know, he's a good athlete. I don't think he's a really high, high-level athlete, but he's a good athlete. He competes on every single play unbelievable effort and toughness, both mentally and physically. What stands out is he does not get beat, Ross. He just does not get beat. He's a technician. He understands angles. He understands leverage in the run game. He's got great footwork and balance. He knows how to use his hands and pass protection. You know, he's one of those guys, just what you spoke about. Um, He just gets people blocked. Now, my initial sense watching him, and this is where I, you know, and I'll probably talk to people between now and the draft. I think he's probably a better guard prospect. Uh, but, you know, he's played left tackle for three years in college. Um, so people could see him that way. But I he, I almost thought of, of Brandon Sheriff when I watched Skaronsky, just a guy in college who was a left tackle at Iowa. Sheriff, you, you know him well. Um and he, he got drafted really high, was immediately put at guard, and has been one of the best guards in the league literally from day one. I see Skaronsky more that way, but I would understand if others see him as a tackle. 
I think it's hard to be an elite tackle without elite traits. Whereas, you know, Greg, I have no doubt he can get the job done at tackle. I think that's one where you ask yourself, would you rather have an average starting tackle in the NFL or a Pro Bowl guard? And we could have that conversation back and forth. But I think that's, it's the Zach Martin discussion who played left tackle at Notre Dame. It's That's the right. Brandon Another Sheriff good discussion. Really good, good example. You know, and, and I don't think there's a wrong answer to that. It does seem like those guys usually end up at guard. And, you know, um, and- by the way, just as a side, Greg, I was recently at Penn State and I didn't remember what my arm length was, but I had them do my, like, I went through all the stuff they do with recruits. Right, right. 30.75, Greg. So you 30. Wow. 75. I would have the shortest arms in the NFL. I didn't, I mean, I knew my arms were short. I didn't know they were that short. It's a miracle. I lasted seven years. The only guy from last year's combine with less than 32 inches was Linderbaum. And I think he was 31.25 or 31.75. Right, right, right. He still might have well, had an inch on me. So anyway. The other thing, even though Skaronsky is 6'4", his frame is kind of more compact and stout. You know, he doesn't look like a tackle. Um, but again, he played there for three years uh, at Northwestern in, in the Big Ten and played well. And like I said, he, he just doesn't get beat. But I'm curious to see what who, who drafts him and how they see him. Was there a guy, I guess I should ask you this first, Greg. Was there a guy that really wowed you? Was there a guy that you really liked or really were impressed by that, you know, you kind of put a star next to his name like, boy, this guy is an intriguing prospect. Could be at center or guard or tackle. I always want, you know, there's a guy that jumps out to you. I always want you to be able to talk about him. I know there's people that like Darnell Wright. There's people that more and more people like Joe Tippman, the center from Wisconsin. <laughs> Uh, I, I haven't seen quite enough of Tippin yet, but in my initial look at Tippin, I really like him. Um, you know, now he's six six and he's an offensive center. He reminded me. Remember last year, Fortner, who came out of Kentucky and started every game at center for Jacksonville, literally played every offensive snap for Jacksonville this year. Um, yep. He was six four, and I actually liked him the most of any of the centers coming out a year ago, even though I think he was only a third or fourth round pick, but he started every game. I liked him more than Linderbaum. I liked him more than Cam Jurgens, who the Eagles drafted in the second round. You know, Tidman is a bigger Fortner. Um, I think he's a really, really good prospect. Um, now he played three years at Wisconsin. He started his final two seasons. You know, you know, Wisconsin always puts out all linemen, all linemen and linebackers. That's Wisconsin, you know? Um, and, and I just think this guy is a really, really good prospect because six, six for a center, that's a trait, you know, as you well know, I mean, a size like that is a trait, just like Fortner was six, four. So, you know, he's a guy, again, I, I'm going to see more of him just because I kind of liked watching him and I need to see other people in the Big Ten that he'll play against. But I really like Joe Tittman as a prospect. You know, what's interesting to me about that is I never really felt like there was that much of an advantage to being tall as an interior O lineman because you go against so many um, six-foot, six-one stubby D tackles. I think arm length is always an advantage. Right. 
Right. I'm, I'm curious to see how, you know, I haven't studied Tittman. I know he's a good player. I know he actually moves really well. He does. Six, six. Um, but well. I, I'll be curious to see how he adjusts to the leverage. Um, what about, um, what about the two offensive tackles from Ohio state? You got Paris Johnson, who's got the crazy long arms and the feet. And then you have Dewan Jones, who's just a massive, massive human being. Yeah, Paris Johnson, you know, we've spoken about arm length. He's over 36 inches. His wingspan is ridiculous. Um, and, you know, and I think that's one reason people really like him. He's, you know, he played um, right guard in 2021 and then moved to left tackle for the 2022 season. Um, you know, I I, I think I, I'm probably a little bit in the minority on him here. You know, I saw him as a, a guy who moved really compactly. He's got compact movement, um, but I thought he was a little stiff in his core. Um, and I thought that that at times negatively impacted his lateral movement. Now, you know, like I said, he did play right guard in 2021, but I don't think he's going to be seen that way because of his arm length. People will see him as a left tackle. Um, he needs to get stronger. Uh, you know, it's funny how you remember certain games, and we'll get to this with Darnell Wright in a minute too, but I, I watched him against Iowa, and there were a number of snaps in which Lucas Van Ness just speed to power bull rushed him and just drove him right back into the pocket. And, you know, that's those visuals I can't get out of my head. Um, I think he's a little mechanical and robotic uh, with some stiffness as a pass protector at the left tackle position. You know, people think he's a great athlete. I didn't quite see him as a great athlete. I saw him as a, you know, as a good athlete. Um, now, he was late with his hands a lot. As you know, that can be coached and that can be corrected. And and that's the main thing when you look, you asked me about offensive linemen at the very beginning. The one thing I've always tried to learn from speaking to people is what can be corrected, Ross, and what can't be corrected. And I think that that is really important. You know, in pass protection, I think you can teach a guy how to set. I think you can teach a guy how to use his hands. I think you can teach a guy, you know, sort of how to use his weight. But there's some things you can't teach. And, um, you know, so you can teach hand usage for sure. But Paris Johnson will be drafted high because he has really good measurables and he played left tackle at Ohio State. The other kid's fascinating. He's six. I mean, he, he's six feet eight and 370 pounds. I mean, his his arm length and wingspan, it's like Giannis in the NBA. It's ridiculous. Um, and I actually really like him. I almost like him more than Johnson. Um, he's he's massive. Um, he's really hard to get around. Those See, that kind of size is a trait. Um, his arm length is almost 37 inches. His wingspan is 88 inches. Think about that for a minute. Um, so I really like Dewan Jones. You know, I think he's going to be a good player. I think he's, you know, does he have great feet? No, but that size is a real trait. Um, I wanted to ask you, make sure I asked you, about a guy some people think is the best guard, Osiris Torrance from Florida. You know, you yeah, see him go in the first round of some mock drafts. Your thoughts on Osiris Torrance? Yeah, I liked him a lot. He's he's a high-level prospect. Um, obviously, not, not a lot of people with very few exceptions. You think back to Quentin Nelson, you know, get drafted. Oh, not a lot of guards get drafted really high. Um, I don't think there's a lot of mystery to this kid. I mean, he's got great size. Got long arms for a guard, 34 inches. Um, 
uh, he's a power player. His game is built on engagement, physicality. He's not a great athlete, but as you and I discussed, you don't have to be. Um, He's not a finesse player. He's got a wide frame. Um, He just, every snap is the same. There's a repetitive consistency that showed up in every game I watched. He just, he just gets guys blocked. He executes. Um, now, every once in a while, he might struggle with interior quickness like some guys do. You know, when you play the Aaron Donalds of the world, you know, that kind of quickness is just hard. It's just the way it goes. Um, so, you know, he's got to control people early in the down with his strong hands and his grip strength. Got great grip strength. Um, you know, I think that if, if he was in an offense that really featured, let's say, some gap scheme where he was a down blocker, he would just move people. Um He's a powerful human being. He strikes me as a guy, Ross, that's going to you know play in this league, be a starter from day one, and play for 10 years. What about Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee? There's another guy that there's one game that really stands out. Uh, when he, they played Alabama, he just stoned Will Anderson every single time. I mean, if, if you didn't know who Will Anderson was, you would have thought Will Anderson was, was not a draftable player. I mean, he stoned him on every single – rush because will anderson is a straight line power rusher will anderson is not a bender so you know he tried the, all those power rushes against Wright, who's six five and an eight 333 pounds and Wright just stoned him um, now Wright was a guy that played left tackle in 2021 where he was not very good by the way you could probably speak to this better than i and then he played right tackle in 2022 and was really really good um so, you know, there's obviously a difference, just, you know, different kick slide leg. A lot of things are different, as you well know. But I thought he was a dominant player at right tackle in 2022. He's another guy some could see as a guard, but his tape is so good at right tackle in 2022 that I think he'll stay at right tackle. But he, he I think he's a really good prospect. Last guy I wanted to ask you about, Greg, is uh, Broderick Jones from Georgia. You see him in the first round of a lot of mocks as well. Yeah, you, you do. And he's a He's a good athlete. Um, he See, he's a perfect example of a guy that has an issue that shows up all the time, and it's really problematic. And, I, you know, I don't know if it's fixable or if it's just what he does. But you know what he does on almost every pass set? He drops his head. And, you know, to me, that's a problem. Uh, you know, so he loses visual contact with who he's blocking. Um, now, People think he's an uber athlete because he looks great when he gets out on the perimeter, either in the run game or in, let's say, the screen game. And that's where he looks great. That's where you see the athleticism. But you don't necessarily see that as much in pass protection. Um, You know, so I'm really curious if that's something that can be fixed because he bends at the waist and he drops his head whenever he's challenged on the edge, particularly on the high side. Um, And... Uh, you know, I just I know he's going to get drafted high because people think he's a great athlete and he does have great arm length and he ran a 40 time under five, which obviously is very rare for offensive linemen. Um, they'll like his overall athleticism. He's a good athlete, um, good length, but his tape is is really erratic. It's wildly inconsistent. It's sloppy. It's undisciplined. Um, he's only had 19 starts in college football. I know it's at the highest level at Georgia, but he's only had 19 starts. He just may be a guy that needs to get in the NFL, be coached and developed, and maybe he's not ready to play year one. Interesting. Love the breakdown, Greg, as always. Check him out on social media, at Greg Cosell. Love it. We are done with the offense. We'll start diving into the defense 
next week. Thanks so much, Greg. Thanks, Ross. You know what I think is really interesting, other than talking with Greg about offensive line? I think it's interesting that only certain shows are available in certain countries for, like, Netflix. And they raise their prices again. So what's cool to me is I have ExpressVPN because it's important to me with as much as I travel to make sure I'm covered, right? Like I want to make sure that people aren't getting my information. I, I don't even like when the advertisers are able to able to know on every website I went on. But now uh, my wife and I are able to watch some of these different shows on Netflix, like The Office or whatever, just by switching the country. It's pretty amazing. It's that easy. I mean, ExpressVPN, super fast, works on your phone. For me, my laptop, smart TVs. Stop paying full price for steaming services. Steaming? No, streaming. And only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash Tucker. Don't forget to use that link. You get an extra three months free of ExpressVPN. That's ex. P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Tucker. ExpressVPN.com slash Tucker. Tuck Stakes. All right, Ross, we'll start with Cardinals owner Michael Bidwill accused of cheating and improper treatment of his employees. Well, I have a feeling, Jack, we're going to be talking about this a lot more over the coming weeks. It's Terry McDonough who was a longtime executive for the Cardinals, came out with this, filed a arbitration grievance with Roger Goodell. You know, you look at some of the accusations like forcing people like McDonough to use burner phones to communicate with Steve Kime, who was suspended as the general manager, and that would be illegal against NFL policy. That would be cheating. So pretty, pretty significant allegations. The Cardinals have come out and totally denied it. And we'll have to see where this thing heads. But it's obviously not a positive thing in any way, shape, or form for the Cardinals organization. Exactly what they don't need with a new regime. They've got a new GM, a new head coach. It's exactly what they don't need or didn't want to have happen. So it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward there. Tuck Stakes. Josh McDaniels gets a few of his guys in Las Vegas with the Raiders signing Brian Hoyer to a two-year deal and hiring Danny Amendola to their coaching staff. It really is funny, isn't it? I mean, it's like they're bringing the whole band together. Uh, How many guys can they get out there in Las Vegas that used to be in New England? I'm, I'm half surprised he didn't have Amendola come in to be the slot receiver. And so... You've got Hoyer coming in to back up Garoppolo. It does kind of feel like they're getting the band back together again, so to speak. McDaniels did this before when he was in Denver. I mean, he he really wants to have guys that he is familiar with there. Obviously, Hoyer knows the offense very well, and I think is still a capable backup to Garoppolo. But it's hard to look at that as an upgrade from what they had in the backup in Jarrett Stidham last year. That's for sure. Tuck Stakes. Speaking of New England, Bill Belichick has reportedly shot Mac Jones around this offseason. That surprised me. 
that that surprised me. And for that to get out, that is a bad look for the New England Patriots. Um, obviously, there's been lots of reports of tension between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. And now here we are in a situation where Bill Belichick was thinking about trading him this offseason. By the way, I hope everybody's enjoying seeing my wife straightening the room uh, behind me while we're on spring break. She knows <laughs> she knows what I'm doing. I have no idea why she's still doing this. This is, I mean, she's making her podcast debut. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> this is incredible. I mean, I had the door shut. She came in. She heard me talking about the Arizona Cardinals. It's not like I'm talking to our daughters. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, geez. It's going to be one of those clips. Um, at any rate, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. I mean, all is not well in New England, Jack. I mean, you know, they, they're they probably pretty clearly the worst team in the division once the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. And then you add to that this tension with Mac Jones, who was really the only positive thing the, the Patriots have had since Belichick, since Brady left, was Mac Jones' rookie year making the playoffs. And now that doesn't even look like it's a real positive right now. Tuck Stakes. Longtime Broncos player and executive John Elway is no longer with the organization. Boy, that's a heck of a run. It really is. And, and John's getting up there in years now, and I don't. there wasn't really a place for him with new ownership. He probably knew that this might happen or this might come eventually as they look, you know, to, to bring in their own people like Damani Leach as the president. So it all makes sense, of course. But eight Super Bowls, Jack, I think they went to. Um, he helped them win three. I think seven of the eight that the Broncos organization have been to, Elway got them there as either a player or as an executive. That is incredible. He's had one of the greatest football careers on and off the field of anyone ever. I don't know what he'll do next. It's kind of hard to picture him with a different organization. So maybe he'll just chill and be John Elway for the rest of his life. Last but not least, I'm going to finish up this spring break strong. My daughters get spring break. Daddy gets spring break. Daddy sodas. Labatt Blue Lights. With my wife and daughters, they're not drinking. Don't worry about it. They're just watching me drink. As we live life to the power of we Life is for living. Go on family vacations. Be with your family. We work hard. We work a lot. You enjoy some time off. You deserve some time off. Always enjoy it responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Of course, we got to give the shout-outs. Myfrontpagestory.com. Go right now and get your Mother's Day gift. If you think there's a better Mother's Day gift than MyFrontPageStory.com, I'd love to hear it. Email me, Ross at RossTucker.com. If I think it's better, I will read your question on the air. It's like a sponsor confirmation. Then you got BackOfficeSchedule.com, Evergreen Economics, Go-Bengals.com, SteakhouseSports.com, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture, Pizza Boy Brewing. I know it's a, 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 a religious holiday weekend. Easter. A lot of you are spending time with family. I love it. Soak it up. Enjoy every second of that family time. That's what really matters, right? You know, when we're all in our 90s or maybe in our hundreds, you guys, probably not me, 
You're going to just highly value any time you spent with your family. So remember that now. That's the key. And get them a gift from myfrontpagestory.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.